Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hello, good morning. What's going on, D.C., Maryland, Virginia? Welcome in to another edition of AWOD Weekend Radio here on DC Sports Radio 106.7 The Fan. I'm Adam Epstein. I'm your host today up until 10 a.m. And there is so much to talk about here. We got the Washington Wizards off to a strong start to this season. A disappointing game last night at home to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, But the Cavaliers are a strong team this year. And you know what they have? It's size. Uh, they've got Jared Allen at, at, down in the paint playing center. Uh, they've got the rookie Evan Mobley, who's been really impressing from USC. And that combination of size plays really into the weakness of the Washington uh, Wizards because of the fact that Montrez Harrell is undersized. And he's kind of been dominant as our second unit center. Um, and also, you know, we don't do a great job on defense of protecting the rim, and we gave up a lot of paint points. Uh, even Kevin Love kind of burned us for a little bit in that game. It was a disappointing game for the Wizards, but uh, they'll be back in action on Sunday, and uh, I expect them to bounce back with a win. This team is uh, not like in the past where they just lose and they lose and they lose and they keep going on a losing streak. This team has uh, been able to right themselves after a loss, and a big part of that is Wes Unsell Jr. Uh, I haven't seen him after the uh, game last night in the press conference, uh, but I'll discuss that with Nick Ashu at 9 a.m., uh, one of my big guests today on the show, and how Wes Unsell takes it personally when the team doesn't perform on the defensive end. You know, on offense, you know, you have your nights, you have your good shooting nights, your off shooting nights, but defense, uh, that's something where it's all about mentality. It's all about hustle. Uh, it's all about wanting it more. Uh, wanting the loose balls, wanting the offensive rebounds, wanting the defensive rebounds. That's something that he doesn't take lightly. And so I think this is one of those games where Wes Unsell Jr. will look at it and say, man, uh, they were over 80 points in the third quarter, started blowing us out in the fourth. We came back a little bit and made it close, but uh, we need to improve on the defensive end. Uh, That's going to be a big thing for the Washington Wizards. So I'll discuss that later on in the show. Also be joined by uh, Joe House, House from D.C. on social media. Uh, a big part of the Bill Simmons podcast. He reps D.C. We'll talk about the Wizards, the Washington football team, uh, and go around the NBA with him. Uh, and Chris Russell at 9.30 a.m., and I believe, uh, Linnell, you're my producer today. I hope you know this. Is Chris Russell in Vegas? I believe he is in Vegas. Um, 
covering No, 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 no. Chris Russell was in the uh, press box last night. Oh, Chris Russell was not in Vegas. No, okay. he, he was at Cap 1 last night. Oh, okay, throwing, so he's been back doing Bruce. a Wizards thing. Uh, maybe he took a red eye to Vegas. I, I kind of feel like he'll be there by Sunday, but maybe that's maybe that's just me. Yeah, I just think he got a little inclination there. Might might be might be off. All right, uh, but we'll dis- discuss that with Chris Russell at nine thirty a.m. Washington goes to Vegas to take on the Raiders. Raiders, uh, a solid team this year, coming off that big win on Thanksgiving against Dallas. So my question to the audience is: I was kind of pondering it with my friends this week. Is the Rivera Del Rio combination off the hot seat because of this three-game win streak. Like, I was thinking there was a point in this season where I was ready to come on the radio and say, I'm done with Ron Rivera. And I think a lot of callers would agree. I mean, I I kept saying this. It's wild. About a month ago, the Washington Wizards started the season hot, and people were tweeting me and calling in saying, stop talking about this stupid football team. They don't have a name. They don't win games. They can't stop anybody on third down. We don't want to call about them. And I proceeded to talk Wizards for the rest of the show because nobody wanted to talk football team. Well, now, let's talk football team. Open lines, as always, throughout the show, 1-800-636-1067. Or you can hit me up on social media at AWOD Radio. Some of the questions I came up with for today is, so let's look past this Vegas game for just a minute. Do you think Washington can lose twice to Dallas? And still make it into the playoffs. Because I still I think that's actually a possibility. Even though we wanted Dallas to lose to the Saints, that win for the Cowboys actually opened things up even more for the wild card for the Washington football team. If you think about it like this, uh, we hopefully will beat Vegas, move to six wins. You gotta beat Philly twice and you gotta beat the Giants once. You could lose to Dallas twice and still get in as a wild card. I think that's very possible. Uh Dallas, even though uh, they were so good to start the season. I tweeted out during that game against the Saints. They're very beatable now. Uh, on offense, there's a lot of question marks. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott looks slow. Tony Pollard had that one big run. But in my opinion, that one should have been called back for holding. I mean, he uh, there was a hold in the backfield five yards behind the line of scrimmage, and the guy still almost caught him. And then the Saints defender makes a terrible angle, ends up being a 50-yard touchdown run. Uh, but I think Dallas is very beatable. And on defense, they've been let, leaving guys open. Um, they have playmakers, Micah Parsons, uh, Diggs. They have playmakers on defense, but they also have been able to let people drive down the field on them from some long drives. But anyway, Washington, let's focus on this Vegas game. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. And I'm kind of wondering this. What does Taylor Heineke need to do in this game against the Vegas Raiders? To ensure a victory. Because the last few weeks, it's kind of been, hey, Taylor, just manage the game. Just manage the game. Don't turn the ball over. Strike when you can in the red zone. Go deep every once in a while. Try to get Terry McLaurin involved. Try to get a play uh, a pass interference call. But mostly, it's been about the running game. Over 30 carries every single game during this win streak. But what does Taylor Heineke need to do in Vegas? Because I feel like this is more of an offensive uh, outburst coming from either side here. Uh, I think this has the making for a shootout, uh, in my opinion. So we're going to talk about that throughout the show. College football, college basketball, as always, throughout the show. Uh, my non-sports segment, a happy Hanukkah to everyone out there. It is the sixth day of Hanukkah right now. And also, I've been watching the Beatles documentary, so I'll get into that later on in my 
non-sports segment. Let's start with today in sports, though. Uh, Liverpool versus Watford in the English Premier Liverpool versus Wolverhampton at the uh, English Premier League at 10 a.m. Liverpool has been on fire. Mohamed Salah, Sadio Mane, Diego Jota has been incredible scoring goals for them uh, this season. That's a big matchup. And then Man City against Watford at 1230 uh, will help determine the standings in the Premier League. As we get closer towards Boxing Day, which is the biggest day uh, in soccer in the soccer community, ends up also following on my birthday every year, December 26th. Real Madrid back in action today against Real Sociedad at 3 p.m. in the Italian Soccer League. Uh, we have Atalanta versus Napoli, 245. PSG, Messi in action against Lens at 3 p.m. The biggest game of the day in the soccer world is Borussia Dortmund against Bayern Munich at 12.30 p.m. You'll get to see the likes of Lewandowski, who a lot of people say Robert Lewandowski should have won the Ballon d'Or, ended up going to Messi for like the 100th time in a row. Uh, and then Borussia Dortmund, hopefully you get to see Erling Holland, who's been one of the best strikers uh, in the world. In the NBA, there's some early action that I'll be checking out just at 1 p.m. The Nuggets against the Knicks. Knicks favored in this one, and I'm going to go with them because the Nuggets are one of the most injured team in the league right now. We've got a big matchup at 8 p.m. The Bulls versus the Nets. That's a, a big Eastern Conference uh, tilt between those two. The Heat and the Bucks at 8 p.m. That's another big one. Uh, basically, probably the top four teams uh, in the Eastern Conference right there. Maybe not by standings, but by skill. Uh, Grizzlies against the Mavericks, also at 8 p.m. Spurs, Warriors will be a fun one. Man, the Warriors have been hot this season. Steph Curry on fire. Klay Thompson getting ready to play. James Weissman getting ready to play. Uh, when it comes to Christmas, which is the biggest day in the NBA, obviously they will have their big stars back. And I don't think anyone's stopping the Warriors in the Western Conference. Certainly not the Lakers the way they're playing right now. Celtics, Blazers, and then Clips against the Kings rounds out the NBA. Obviously today is a big college football day. It is championship day. Uh, Linnell, do you have a certain game that you're looking forward to watching uh, today? There's a ton, and it starts early at 12 noon with Baylor number nine against number five Oklahoma State. That's the Big 12 championship. You have a scheduling issue with uh, the people who who scheduled Alabama and Georgia for four o'clock. Like, who wants to watch that game at four o'clock? That should be <laughs> the eight o'clock primetime matchup that everybody's sitting down watching with your family, cracking brews and, and doing whatever. Yeah, no, you're right about that. That's, That's the, the SEC championship for. number one Georgia against number three Alabama. The question that uh, was going on a lot during Bet MGM tonight, the show that I'm the video producer for Monday through Friday, was, do you think Linnell? Alabama could lose and still get into the college football championship? Or is that something you'd be against? Because that's the question that a lot of people are asking. Georgia, obviously, they, if they lose, they're still not going to drop out of the top four. They'll still be in. But Alabama, eh, that's kind of on the outside. But I also say never bet against Nick Saban. And I know that the college football committee uh, would rather Houston defeat Cincinnati and knock them out. Uh, because there'd be more eyes on every single college football playoff game uh, if it's a bigger name. Uh, so Alabama-Georgia is the game at 4 p.m. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Georgia's had the same. Every single game's been the same for Georgia this year. They run the ball on offense and on defense. They stop every single one. Uh, so many future NFL players on that team. you got the Big Ten Championship. 
Uh, number two, Michigan against number 13, Iowa. Iowa had a couple big wins this year, but they've kind of fallen off recently, done a few changes with the quarterback position, and Michigan has come on strong, defeating Ohio State last week. And uh, Harbaugh's getting it done. Number two, Michigan. I expect them to win this one. Big Ten Championship in advance in the college football playoffs. Uh, 8 p.m., ACC Championship. How weird is it that the ACC Championship is number 15, Pitt, against number 16, Wake Forest? Like, what happened to Clemson? What happened to Florida State? Are we ever going to see Virginia Tech in the ACC Championship again? Uh, It's interesting to see Pitt and Wake in the championship this year. Uh, It shows you the last few years there's been a lot of parity in the ACC. Clemson hasn't been the same uh, since they lost Trevor Lawrence. Uh, NCAA basketball, there's a a good one right at 12 noon. St. Joe's against Villanova. Villanova number six in the country. Jay Wright always has those boys in the top ten. And then uh, I'm really looking forward to watching at night, number three, Gonzaga against number 16, Alabama. Uh, Have you watched Chet Holmgren yet? He's must-watch TV in my opinion. Uh, he's awkward a little bit. Uh, he's like seven foot tall, but he dribbles like a point guard sometimes. There's so much improvement to be done with him before he makes it to the NBA. He's obviously an NBA caliber player, but it's just, it's almost like he's like the white Zion Williamson, in my opinion. Like he's the way, the things he does on a basketball court, you shouldn't do at that size. It's so much fun to watch. He's blocking guys. He's shooting threes. He's, uh, I mean, he can stand without jumping and dunk the ball. That's how tall he is. That's how lengthy he is. Uh, But he can also dribble up the court. So it's an interesting kind of dynamic to watch with him. And Drew Timmy is fun uh, with his porn mustache as well. So that's what to watch uh, in sports today. Let's get it started, though, with the Washington football team against the Vegas Raiders. A lot of people told me, oh, they're going to Vegas. I thought about it. Man, before the season, this was the matchup to go to. Uh, And then I didn't put in my day off request because the team started losing week after week after week. I didn't expect this three-game win streak. Everyone's saying the Washington Football Team podcast with J.P. Finley, who hosts uh, Middays here on the fan, says it's uh, cigars and bourbon if they win in Vegas. We haven't had a four-game win streak since, what, last season? I mean, it's something that happens here in Washington uh, every few years uh, where this team just gets right at the right time. Can they get it done? Uh, can we get uh, two Hanukkah wins? We could get two two Hanukkah wins this season because Sunday's still Hanukkah and Monday night uh, was the first, uh, the second night of Hanukkah. So maybe we could get two Hanukkah wins this season. I would love that. I'm Adam Epstein here on 106.7 The Fan. You can always tweet me throughout the show at AWOD Radio. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to 106.7 The Fan. I'm Adam Epstein here on a Saturday morning, December 4th. And I hope everybody can get up and at them and start their day. Grab yourself a cup of coffee, maybe a breakfast sandwich, and turn on 106.7 The Fan all day long here as we get you up to date and ready for Washington against Vegas, the football team against the Raiders uh, Sunday, 4 p.m. in Vegas. Going to be a good one. And we open up the phone lines now, 1-800-636-1067, 1-800-636-1067. Now's your chance to call in and give me your thoughts on the football team against Vegas. I don't think anyone expected this uh, win streak. We've turned around the season. The offense is playing well. The defense has turned 
it around completely, uh, gone from one of the worst defenses in the league to basically uh, 16th to 18th. I mean, that's a 180 of a turnaround uh, since the break, uh, since the bye week. And, I mean, that's what the bye week is for, right? For you to sit down, evaluate, come up with different strategies. And, man, Ron Rivera did that perfectly. I don't think anyone had a better bye week in the history of the NFL. So my question to you guys is, what has led to this success for Washington in the last three weeks? I think successfully running the football has been the number one reason for the success because Washington has dominated the point of attack on offense and on the defensive side of the ball. It's been such a huge part of their success. I expect them to try to replicate that against Vegas. It's not pretty when you sit down and you watch the game and first down is a run, second down is a run, and third down is a short little play-action dump-off to the tight end or to the running back J.D. McKissick. But all that matters is it moves the chains and it keeps the offense on the field. Jonathan Allen said it after the game, and it was like he was he was so calm and so chill. I actually might even go on a tangent, Linnell. You know what I realized? Chase Young should never have been captain of this team. It should have been Jonathan Allen from the start. That guy's just so calm and collective, and he just dominates on the uh, defensive side of the ball. He dominates the point of attack. He's the best defender on our team. Uh, He wins his matchup every single play almost. And so, anyway, my point is he's a captain now, and I think he's been great at it. But uh, after the game, he said, like, so calm and almost smiling that, like, man, when the offense has these long drives, we feel so fresh when we come out there on defense that nobody can get past us. He feels like, man, when the offense go on these 15 to 20 play drives and then they get in the end zone, we're so relaxed and rested. We can do whatever we want, whenever we want. Um, And so I think that's a big thing is that the offense staying on the field lets the defense stay fresh and stay hungry and then get after the quarterback. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Let's go to my girl Sabah, North Carolina. What's going on, Sabah? It's always a pleasure uh, waking up in the morning and listening to you. I was so glad you're on when I saw your tweet last night. I was like, definitely I'm going to be listening because you just can't get enough of the Redskins talk. I mean, it's so fun right now. It is. and, and uh, uh, Nobody expected yeah. this three-game win streak, and so now we go to Vegas uh, in a matchup that, man, I wanted to say at the beginning of the season that I was expecting a victory, and then watching them on Thanksgiving against Dallas, I'm a little bit worried. I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair and I kind of favor Vegas in this one. What do you say? Well, I agree with you about the high-scoring affair. I think it has to be high-scoring for us to have a chance to win because I see Vegas scoring. Uh-huh. I'm not big on these long eight-minute drives because what it does, it limits your possession. And if those eight-minute drives don't end in touchdowns, then you're hurting yourself because um, I don't think Vegas is going to take that long to score. And so there's no need to have the ball that long if you're not going to get touchdowns. So I think we should use Logan Thomas and Cam um, Sims and um, Curtis Samuel and obviously Terry. And uh, I think limit Gibson to about 15 carries because I'm always afraid of him fumbling. And I know I'm rare. Everybody else loves Gibson but me. I just not a, I don't trust him because of the fumbles. And I hate that we're out of J.D. McKissick. So I think yeah. to make up to that, you got to do more Thomas and more Curtis Samuel, and, and more of the passing game on first down. I want to do up-tempo, no huddle. I don't think we do enough of that. I want to keep that defense off balance, particularly those two defensive ends of theirs. And I want Taylor to run the ball on some read option keepers. 
Yeah, he no, you mentioned that. that. And, I think that was a yeah. huge part of the end of last game, which was that he was there was two third and ones in the third quarter where if we score a touchdown or a field goal on that drive, we kind of really put Seattle away by making okay. it a two-possession game. And I think Taylor was kind of afraid to keep it. He was like, you know, Gibson's been running. Let, let's just keep chugging with him. I think that's setting up for him to do that at least once, maybe twice uh, this weekend against Vegas. Well, I hope so. But my question to you is, do you think he knows how to do it? I don't think he knows how to read the end because I don't think he did that in college. That might be a I good point. I think that's his weakness. Yeah. I don't think he knows how to read it. So they're going to have to teach him how to do that. And I think he's afraid of maybe uh, fumbling it at the mesh point. I was talking to Chris Russell and uh, Pete last night, and they mentioned – Maybe that's what he's afraid to do because he's not really uh, good at it, which is um, what I was thinking. Maybe that's the problem. He just doesn't know how to read that in. So yeah. I think we need to do that, and we need to limit our kicking. And I see if we win, it's going to be 31 to something like 28. If we score 24 or less points, mm-hmm. I don't think we have a chance to win unless yeah. we get some fluke, you know, tip passes. And some turnovers. Um, turnovers. Now, Carr does fumble. That's what they say. So if you get around him in the um, – in the uh, um, the pocket, you may get him to fumble, yeah. and that could be something that saves us. That's, so that's one of my biggest points too, Sabah. Thank you yeah. as always. Thirty-one for the, twenty-eight. Thirty-one Thank for twenty-eight. I appreciate the call. That's that's one of my big points of uh, keys to victory is Derek Carr hangs around the pocket, and then if he hangs around long enough, someone's going to be open against our secondary. Hopefully, it's not Deshaun Jackson for like a fifty-yard bomb. We can't let him hang around the pocket. We've got to force him to get rid of it quick. That'll uh, stop them from going deep. Let's go to Kyle and Clarendon. You're on the fan with Adam Epstein. Hey, what's up, Awa? Hey, man, thanks for calling. What are your thoughts on Vegas against Washington? Man, I think she just nailed it. That was yeah. a great call. Man, that's uh, about everything I almost had. But uh, <laughs> in general, it's my it's my birthday weekend, so I need some skins. You know, some well, the team on Sunday. <laughs> so hey, uh, hey, I'm I'm going out to have a beer or two in Clarendon. Recommendation. I know you're up there a little bit. Absolutely. So uh, what kind of vibe are you looking for? Because I will actually be at Pamplona uh, for J.P. Flames uh, book signing oh, today at 3 p.m. today, right? Yeah. What time is that again today? That's at 3 p.m. That's at 3 p.m. Yep. All right. All right. Yeah, hell, I might come on up. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for the call, All Kyle. Right, yeah, no problem. Love the show, Awad. Hey, thanks, going, man. Baby. Have a good weekend. Hopefully we'll get a, a birthday victory for Kyle. How about that? The Washington football team going to Vegas. Um, I'm expecting this one to be a close one. Uh, If you were hoping, hey, can we have a a game where I'm not biting my fingernails off? That's not this week, in my opinion. Uh, I'm fully ready to chew off my fingernails here, Linnell, and uh, sweat out, hopefully, a close victory for the Washington football team. When I return, I'll be joined by House from D.C., Joe House, uh, one of the stars of the Bill Simmons podcast. He talks all things NBA, gambling, golf, all that and more next here on DC Sports Radio 1067 The Fan. Welcome back to 106. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 6-7 The Fan, I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Weekend Radio taking you up until 10 a.m. here on The Fan. 7.30 to 10 a.m. is when you can hear me. You can hear me next Saturday morning as well. And joining me on the hotline right now is a very special guest, House from D.C. What up, House? Hey, Juan. What's up, baby? <laughs> hey, man. I'm so excited to have you back on the show. And, of course, we're going to talk Wizards. I'm going to try to take some phone calls uh, later on after the interview uh, on the Wizards and their hot star, a disappointing last loss last night. But I was looking on your Twitter page there, and we were both sweating out that Washington football team game against Seattle Monday night. I mean, what were your thoughts on that game? I cannot believe that we stopped them on the two-point conversion. I thought for sure this was an overtime loss. It was an odyssey. You know, my uh, Ringer colleague and beloved pal, Kevin Clark, who covers the NFL for the Ringer, uh, tweeted some number of years ago that Seattle never plays a normal football game. And, <laughs> and I swear to God, I, that, that game had everything. The, the two-point return conversion, right. you know, off our block thing, we, we uh, lost our kicker. Uh, the penalty on the onside kick by Seattle, just everything about that was weird. The only thing that if I was going to offer a criticism, why not let Tressway try a 20-yard field goal at the end of the game? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, why no, not? I felt the same way. And if not Tressway, why not Kyle Allen, the backup court? I mean, somebody has to be able to kick. We were down to like the three-yard line. Like, how, yeah. how hard could that be? I mean, EB from the Junkies tweeted out a video of him kicking a field goal and they're matching up against the Divas from 20 years ago saying it's not that hard, man. <laughs> that's it. That That's it. But, look, I, I thought the game plan was great. I was thrilled that we caught uh, that version of Russell Wilson. For a minute there, I thought that uh, perhaps Nathan Peterman uh, <laughs> found, you know, snuck his way into he was doing a Russell Wilson impersonation. I just can't believe how bad Russell looked because of, of whatever's going on with his hand. But I will take it, okay? Yeah. I mean, the, these these games at the end of November and early December are the games that decide the outcome of, of your season. And so you take the wins however you get them. You take whoever uh, they, the other side puts out in front of you in terms of personnel, and you, you go out and try and win the game. And, and here we are on a teeny tiny win streak. I am – a little nervous about this upcoming week, I have to confess. Yeah, I, I think the part about Russell Wilson that was crazy to me is it felt like he was, like, checked out. Like, he didn't care. Like, DK Metcalf on the sideline, I saw him complaining to Geno Smith. It was like, are you are you pushing for Geno to get it? It was a weird performance from Russ, and then I guess he finally did figure things out and stepped up in the pocket and had that one 30-yard bomb to, to almost tie it there 
at the end. But you're right. I am nervous about this game against Vegas. Uh, what do you think of this offense, the new style of play here where it's just kind of run, 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 throw it short with a dump off and have a 15 to 20 play drive down the field? It's a Heineke offense. <laughs> I think it is, you know, Ron Rivera and Scott Turner, who have a lot of familiarity with Taylor and Taylor's strengths, are trying to put Taylor in the best position he can be in to succeed. That's what I think this offense. And it's always, you know, the the – uh, preference for, for Rivera, I think, is is to rush the football. And we have, you know, a pretty dynamic uh, one, two, three-headed combo, if you want to include Patterson. Uh, unfortunately, we're out uh, McKissick this upcoming week. I think he's out with a concussion. Um, but, look, I have no problem with, you know, let, let the offensive line cook. We're finally getting, notwithstanding, what were we on, the fourth string center on, yeah. on, on uh, Monday? But the, uh, otherwise, there's relative health across the the offensive line, and the line kind of dominated. I mean, the offensive line was one of the key units in that game against Seattle, and if we can do anything to reestablish the run, the Raiders don't have a very good run defense. So if we, if, if Antonio Gibson is healthy and we can do this thing of, you know, let him rush four yards, and if he can also be a pass-catching threat, you know, if McKissick is out, um, Gibson can can catch the ball out of the backfield, and, and that's fine. It looks like we're going to get more snaps out of Curtis Samuel, so sent maybe some short slot kind of uh, action, you know, short to intermediate field stuff, all of which uh, is helpful to Taylor feeling comfortable, not having to stand back there in the pocket, not having to make things happen. And I would not be afraid to see – him run a little bit. I'd like yeah. to see some design runs out of it for, for Taylor this week, maybe. Yeah, I think that was the biggest thing is that everyone wanted on third and one twice in that third quarter for at least one of those for him to just take off and get around the corner. Uh, he's got to run. He's got to run uh, because it'll set up uh, things for Antonio Gibson way more because it's like you have to have a little bit of a threat that your quarterback can get around the edge. You're listening to AWOD Weekend Radio, my guest right now, House from D.C., uh, uh, host for the Ringer uh, Network. Let's move over to the NBA here and start with the Western Conference. Golden State Warriors, 19-3. and Steph Curry is on another planet right now. Uh, they've getting, they're getting really good play uh, from Draymond Green. They're getting good play from Jordan Poole. They're going to get Klay Thompson, uh, James Weissman back. Did you see this coming? I mean, it kind of feels like it's a revenge season for Steph Curry. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. Well, I mean, what you might say you you saw coming was Steph reminding everybody who he is and what his impact on the on the game is and yeah. he was he had a stretch like this last season where he was like hey uh I'm still Steph Curry it looks like in the off season whatever his conditioning work was it included the addition of some muscle or maybe it's just a, just getting older I don't know <laughs> he's put on some weight he looks like he's a tiny bit you know um Heavier, which is not necessarily a bad thing for him because of, you know, previously in his career, there were like frailty concerns. Um, but if he can stay healthy, there's absolutely no reason that they cannot continue uh, where they are because design wise, you know, they, they have um, a, a personnel situation that is almost unmatched. It, it is obviously uh, kind of. Uh, an oversimplification to say 
that when you have Steph Curry, it, it, it's easy to kind of build around. But they've done a really great job of building a very sort of dynamic, athletic um, defense. And the defense is the thing that I think people don't necessarily give um, the Warriors enough credit for. Yeah, Wiggins, for all of his offensive, you know, it looks like just low hoops IQ, he is a really good defender. He's long. He's fast. And, and him and, and, and Draymond really take up a lot of space out of, on the floor. Kaminga was a really nice pickup. Again, another guy who's long, who can rebound the ball. And they can play at the, at the tempo that the Warriors want to play that's optimal for them. So I'm really rooting for continued health. At this point in the season, that's the key for, for everybody. You know, just, just let guys sort of get through November, December, January in relative good health, and, and then we can start getting serious come February. Yeah, I mean, health is so important around the NBA, and that leads me to my next question. House, do you have any information that you can share with me on Zion Williams? What is going on there? Are we going to see him play anytime soon? Uh, is is everyone calling him fat? Are they right, or is it – I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be the one to go out and say it because I'm fat myself, but, like, I want to see Zion on the court so badly. What's it going to take? Yeah, well, the answer to your questions in order. Yes, he's going to play soon. It will be on restricted minutes. Yes, he's fat. <laughs> and what it will take for him to get on the court is for somebody in his life or somebody that he trusts to, you know, break through with him and, and to convince him that if he really wants to have a career in the NBA, he needs to manage his weight. He needs to manage his diet. And so far, whatever the situation is in New Orleans, it seems to have been very accommodative. <laughs> and it's understandable because he is a transcendent talent. But somebody needs to get through to the kid and say, look, it's, we cannot have you going through these repeated injuries that seem to be stress-related injuries, right? Yeah. And some of that has to have something to do with the weight that you're carrying around. He's a kid. He's a baby. I mean, I'm, you know, I won't tell you. He's less than half my age, for Christ's sake. <laughs> but, I mean, so the dude has his entire athletic future in front of him, and we're, we're right at the very beginning here of what should be uh, a, a run, a great run. What he did last season in terms of his offensive efficiency was like once-in-a-generation kind of stuff. Yeah. But he's got to be healthy. He's got to stay healthy. So, And the key to that, for sure, is, is you know getting in shape. Now, it is, I don't want to kill the kid. A lot of guys showed up uh, for this NBA season this October looking like they wanted to play themselves into shape. James Harden, Luka Doncic. I mean, some of the game's biggest stars. But, you know, uh, Zion is not in, in that class yet. And Zion has a particular challenge, it seems, with keeping the weight off. So I'm really hoping for a breakthrough on that front, but he's going to start playing and, you know, it'll be akin to uh, when he came out in his rookie season where, you know, we might see him only 15 uh, minutes or so, maybe probably less than that, honestly, probably 10 to 15 minutes for a bit. And then while well, he sort of gets his, his way into game shape, but it's not that far away. Yeah. Well, they're going to need him to play a lot to get some wins looking uh, pretty bad right now in the standing seven and 18, but the Washington wizards 14 and nine, but uh, the biggest disappointment for me is that this the one season that we're finally good, this division, and not not only like the conference, this division has four teams that I think 
uh, or three other teams that are just as good, maybe not better than us. Atlanta at 12 and 11. I think by the end of this season, they'll probably be ahead of us in the standings. Charlotte, I mean, I hate the ball family, uh, but they're balling out the balls uh, down there. 13 and 11 for Charlotte. I think they'll probably be around us. And this Miami team, uh, they're for real. I think they're going to be top one, two, or three in the Eastern Conference uh, when it all comes down to it. So what are your thoughts on the Wizards right now, 14 and 9? Uh, let's not focus in on that loss last night, though. Yeah, so I, I think the right thing to do at this point is urge caution. I think we should all take note of the, the success out of the gate and really pass along our admiration and congratulations to the franchise for repositioning itself really on the fly, enormously uh, successful um, pivot by way of trading Russell Westbrook, turning John Wall into Russell Westbrook into all these competent NBA players. Yeah. A true stroke of genius by Tommy Shepard and the staff. Uh, and kudos to Wes Unsell Jr. and those professional players for coming right out of the gate and, and wanting to show the entire league. You know, I think this is, this is part of uh, the genius of, of that trade with those guys from the Lakers, they all have something to prove. They all have, you know, um, yeah, experiences from the Lakers where they, they, they are incented. They want to go show everybody what they're capable of, and maybe they feel like they didn't get all, the, all of that kind of shine that they might have had under LeBron's shadow last season. So they all came out of the gate. We collected wins against bad teams. We collected wins against teams that might have not uh, anticipated how confident this Washington team was. Yeah, December is going to be a tough month. We yeah. have 10 games on the road coming up. There's a West Coast swing that's part of it. We play Utah twice. I think we have a Phoenix game in there. My hope, my goal is that we tread water. We just have to get through December. If we're able to get into January and still be four or five games above 500, that will be a success. We're, we're seriously... Uh, going through a bit of a chemistry experiment right now, it, yeah. it seems. Um, Wes Unsell Jr.'s trying different lineups. They were trying to work Bertans back in. That that carries a cost with it. <laughs> Dinwiddie and Beal, is, are they going to be able to play together for extended minutes? Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about because it feels <laughs> like, on at least during Wizards Twitter, anytime they lose, everyone's blaming Dinwiddie. And I feel like it's kind of like when Russell Westbrook came to Washington. He's still figuring out how he's going to work his way into this offense. He's going to end up scoring, in my opinion, more than 13 points a game is where he's at right now. I think he can, if he can keep up the five and a half assists and the five rebounds and just shoot a little better and look for his shot more on offense, hopefully get him some transition buckets, I think Spencer Dinwiddie still has room to grow. Oh, you and I are absolutely in lockstep on that point of view, Awad. I'm not surprised to hear it. But look, <laughs> uh, the thing with Dinwiddie... He's coming off ACL surgery. He hasn't played basketball in a while. Like, let's let him, um, you know, sort of re reconnect. And he's on a team that has a lot of different parts, and they're looking for ways to, to, to mesh. And we, we ha are in kind of a weird minute right here with Bradley Beal. Now, Bradley Beal, at this, this, <laughs> this moment in the season, he is uh, at the worst field goal percentage since his first two seasons from the field. Yeah. The worst three-point uh, percentage of his entire career, and his free-throw attempts are the worst since 2015 and 2016. So maybe uh, 
yeah, I, I've heard some speculation amongst my crew that is 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 there an injury that Brad's um, you know sort of dealing with? Is he dinged in some way? He's playing and he looks pretty good to me, but um, or is this a, just a simple matter of it, it, it's asking him to be a different guy in a, in a, in a very different situation with yeah. a different mindset. That's, that's kind of where I le- lean because I, I think a lot of, and I watch every single Wizards game, and I'm sure you do too, but for me, Bradley Beal, it's always been shot selection. Sometimes he yeah. gets so overconfident, he shoots these step-back threes and so many transition threes and, and catch-and-shoot threes, and I think he's best when he goes off the dribble and he you know crosses a guy up, gets his confidence up, and then shoots a long two or, or a three-pointer. Uh, so I think Bradley Beal will improve. I think he's kind of trying to like figure out how this offense suits him. Uh, my last question for you, because we're running out of time, but I could talk to you all day, Kyle Kuzma. Uh, what yeah. is your thoughts on Kuzma? Can he get even better? Like the the rebounding is amazing, but I mean, I, I think he's a cha- he could get up to an eighteen points per game kind of guy as long as he attacks the basket. I hate when he settles for three. I love when he goes and plays above the rim. I have to tell you, I, he's been a revelation to me. I did not understand or appreciate how good a rebounder he is, yeah. and how athletic he is, and what his defensive ceiling looks like. Man, he can defend. So uh, and and he could defend bigs. He can go pretty big. You know, there there are guys like Carl Anthony Towns was a bit of a challenge for him. But yeah. uh, I, I really um, hope you're right about uh, on the offensive side. He he <laughs> he takes shots that I um, scream at the TV. Uh, you know, in, in response to a, a handful of times a game. Um, yeah. But he he also does seem to possess a pretty decent instinct offensively. I share your view that him going to the hole off the wing with a little more aggression is something that that should translate into some sex, some success. The, the challenge is like this is the the chemistry experiment that we're kind of going through right now. Like who's he going to be on the floor with? Because I I don't begrudge. What's on Sell Jr., speaking of revelations, has been absolutely terrific. And this is the point of the season where you do kind of experiment with different lineups to find chemistry and stuff. Um, who Who is Kuzma regular guys? Is it is it just the starting guys? And, and is he going to be, you know, first quarter, latter half of second quarter, uh, you know, third quarter, latter half of the fourth quarter? Like, you know, what's his rotation going to be? I think once that is sort of established, We'll see him with a little more aggression on the offensive side. That's my hope. Yeah, yeah, I agree right there. Linnell, you wanted to jump in? Uh, so my, my let me let me ask you this here. Um, and I've been asking a lot of uh, beat reporters this. I, I can't get a, an answer on this. Montrez Harrell, can you compare him to somebody in NBA history, to someone that's been on the Wizards before? Uh, I, the only comparison I can come up with for him is locally, and you won't even really get this, Mo Ali Cox when he was at VCU. Anytime they got him the ball down low, he would dunk on people and, and block every shot. I mean, Montrez Harrell is just the most fun player to watch in basketball right now, in my opinion. Well, uh, I love that you pulled out the Indianapolis Colts third string <laughs> tight end as a comp for Montrez Harrell. <laughs> I don't even know. Is he still playing for the Colts? Is oh, yeah, man. Football? He made a catch last week. I got him on there my fantasy go. team. <laughs> there we go. MAC in the house. Um, well, I, I mean, I, with all due respect to Mo Alley Cox, I think the ceiling for Trez is a 
it's a bitch higher. <laughs> like his efficiency around the basket uh, and his instinct to just try and dunk every single time he touches the ball. But he does it with, he has some skill. He has some low post skill. Um, he has both hands, comfort, um, which is kind of a revelation. I can't think of anybody, you know, on the Washington team that I, I would compare him to. His uh, athleticism and energy are really important to, to the success of this team through 23 games. And it's really resonated with, with the fans. I mean, this is what has made this team already a hit here in Washington. And it's, it's been uh, terrific to see the home crowd. You know, on a Monday night, you see uh, 16,000, 17,000 folks there for, a, you know, a Monday night against a mid-tier um, division conference opponent. And, you know, Trez is a big part of it. I don't know, um, comp-wise, I'm having a, a hard time because I'm going to say something crazy, you know, in, in terms of guys Sean who just Kemp, how crazy are you going to get? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 not John <laughs> Kemp. Like, like uh, uh, I mean, because, well, I, I don't see Trez as, 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 a, as a kind of rim runner that I have, um, Sean Kemp. Uh, yeah. I, that, that sort of pogo stick guy. Who isn't afraid to to get knocked down? Oh man, it's it's. Uh, let let me come back to you on on a comp with that. I I want to say early Dwight Howard, but I don't I don't really want to say that. Yeah. I don't really want to say that. <laughs> I I kind of want you to, but he's he's so much fun to watch. Montrez Harrell has been uh, unbelievable piece for this team and a fan favorite. Uh, that's Joe House. Go follow him on social media at House from DC. Thanks so much for hopping on the show, man. Really appreciate it. Always a what I'm on. I'm here for you to talk to DC Sports, bro. Awesome, man. Next time we'll get you on the junks, dude. <laughs> Can't wait. Awesome. That's Joe House. Go follow him on Twitter at House from DC, and you can listen to all his podcasts and all the audio and content he does for the Ringer uh, with Bill Simmons. Let's continue this Washington Wizards talk here after a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. DC Sports Radio 1067, The Fan. This is AWOD Weekend Radio. I'm Adam Epstein. Hope everybody is up and at them and starting their Saturday morning off right. Uh, 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 uh. 
up like and at him. You've never heard that good one, one before. It's it's a good one. It's a good one. I came up with it a couple years ago. Washington Wizards right now in the standings in the NBA are in fourth place in the Eastern Conference uh, in a three-way tie with the Heat and the Bucks. Uh, but at 14-9, and nine, just two and a half ga- games back of the Brooklyn Nets, who everyone knew would kind of lead the way in the Eastern Conference. Kevin Durant uh, now fully back from injury. Uh, as my guest said last segment, James Harden kind of came into the season fat. Uh, but if you've seen the putback dunk, he's kind of working himself really back into game shape. And so Washington had an interesting part of the season here where, like like House was saying, a lot of teams kind of took them lightly, and now that's not the case anymore. Uh, we have got to get through this stretch here in December, and it starts Sunday. It's a three-game road trip, Sunday, Monday, and Wednesday, against three teams that I think are very beatable, but you have to play good basketball. That's at Toronto on Sunday, December 5th at 6 p.m. Toronto, we've won and lost to already this season. And then Monday, back-to-back, so Spencer Dinwiddie will probably sit out 7 p.m. against the Indiana Pacers in Indiana, and then at Detroit. So this three-game stretch here, and then they have a big break Thursday, Friday off before they play Saturday. That three-game stretch here on the road is going to be big for Washington. I'm hoping that they can win uh, two of the three. Uh, But, man, so here's my question to you guys. 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. Are you going to be surprised if the Wizards keep winning? Or are you kind of, you know, just used to the fact here that, man, that was too hot of a start. We're going to come back down to earth. And then my other question, 1-800-636-1067. Should the Wiz be on a trade lookout to improve? Maybe trade Denny while he's hot. Trade Bertons. Trade Thomas Bryant. Try to get another piece in here. Uh, I've said before, like a Carl Anthony Towns or something, maybe that's a little too much to ask for. But another piece here that's going to come in and score 15 points a game because, as I say it, you look at the box score, it's pretty obvious. Beal scoring 22, 23 points a game, that's going to happen. But Washington has struggled to find a consistent second scorer who can score 18 to 20 points a game. And that is so huge. It takes the burden off of Beal thinking late in the game he's the only one they can put a bucket in. Uh, it helps because it's it's them working the ball around and getting other people involved, and it means if somebody else is scoring 20, they're hitting shots. Uh, but I thought House said it perfectly. Washington has to get credit. This whole franchise has to get credit. Tommy Shepard has to get credit. West Sunset Jr. has to get credit for completely changing the outlook of their franchise in just 20 games. At 14-9 and nine right now, Washington is not only in the playoff hunt, but really could be looking to improve around the team at the trade deadline rather than being sellers, which is what I was tremendously scared about. I thought, man, this is this is going to be the year here where we're going to completely start over with a new coach and trade Bradley Beal. That is not happening at all anymore. Uh, this team is probably going to be a buyer at the deadline rather than a seller. I could actually see us even making a big signing this offseason if Beal can opt in because Washington has now a destination uh, for NBA free agents to turn around their career, like Montrez Harrell did. He didn't play at all for the Lakers last season. He kept saying, it was like I took a season off. He took a COVID season. Uh, now he's being used every single night for the Wizards. Look at Kyle Kuzma. He's improved uh, and turned around his career. KCP has gotten back on uh, the strong end of his career here for Washington. Man, everyone's kind of turning things around, and we mentioned Spencer Dinwiddie coming off of uh, that ACL injury. He has yet to become... Uh, get back to his 
full self. So can this team ride this early season momentum to an above 500 start all the way to January? How can they do it? Can they continue to play defense and rebound and hit three-pointers? That is so huge. 1-800-636-1067 if you want to chime in and talk whiz. Or you can always tweet me throughout the show at AWOD Radio. Tweets are welcome at AWOD Radio. Um, personally, I think West Ansel Jr. is finding himself in this weird situation in his first NBA uh, season as a head coach where we're 20 games into the season, 23 games to be exact, Everyone now has tape on your offense, right? They're, they've done some scouting now. They've seen your rotations. They've seen the way your offense works. And now you're on the other end, West Sunset Jr., and you're trying to change things to keep opposing teams off balance. You're trying to change rotations on the fly. You're trying to use different guys in different sets. You're trying to get other guys looks where in the paint where they haven't had it uh, so far this season. You're trying to say, hey, I know you have tape on our offense now. We're going to do other things to keep you off balance. And a lot of that has lead, in my opinion, that's leading to Daniel Gafford being less consistent. And I mean, it's hard. It's a hard thing because it's like anytime Daniel Gafford comes out, it's almost like, is he missed? Because Montrezl Harrell's come in and then the ultimate back man, backup, the sixth man of the year. But I think Daniel Gafford needs to get much more consistent. Some nights, as we've seen in the first quarter or the first half, he's the best player on the court to start the game. He had 10 blocks one night. You know, he has five blocks in the first quarter. He had eight points uh, in the first two minutes of a game last week because he had four dunks, catching lobs. Uh, he It rarely lasts four quarters with Gafford, and that, that has been masked this season because Montrezl Harrell comes in for him and is averaging almost 18 points a game. He's been unbelievable. But your starting center needs to be more consistent. And it's tough with a guy like Gafford who you're never going to give him the ball and say, hey, go to work. Do do your impersonation of Shaq and uh, back someone down and throw up a, a left-handed hook shot. He's not going to do that. He he doesn't have that many moves in his bag. Most of his bag is uh, filled with vertical leaps. He's one of the biggest jumpers. Uh, he's... Kind of like a poor man's JaVale McGee. Probably even more talented than JaVale, but that's the kind of offense you get from him. It's above the rim. It's catching uh, lobs. It's offensive rebounds and putbacks. It's, hey, Bradley Beal drove to the paint, drew three defenders. Now he's dishing it off uh, to Gafford, who all he has to do is catch it and dunk it. That's the kind of offense that he provides. That's the hard part for Big for big Dan Dan the man. That's do you agree with on, me, on though, that... That's He's, kind of the best part of his offense. Yeah, but his hands are too inconsistent. Yeah, that, that's why he's not playing as. Because when you see when Montrez gets in, he catches, he catches everything. everything. He knows how to square his body up and leap, and then double leap. And it's you know amazing. I mean? And it's a it's a testament to how good Trez is. Right. He's much smaller than Gafford. Right, and that's kind of the thing is that. Everyone that's watching the Wizards knows that Gafford hasn't been consistent, but Montrez has been so good that it's kind of block that out, you know? Yeah, I think they're going to when Thomas Bryant comes back into this rotation, I think I don't I don't think Daniel Gafford lasts in the starting lineup wow. much longer. Wow. I don't. I think he's more you could probably get more off the bench with him. Maybe, but the thing is is that I think that's what makes Montrez so good is that he's not going up against the starting center for the full game. We've seen it when he has to play 40 minutes, uh, you know, that's where he, the nights where he struggled, I think. 
Yeah, and nights like last night where the matchup's just not good for him. But yeah, I was the banging just, my head so against big. the wall watching him trying to post up seven foot one Jared Allen. Right. It was just infuriating. And Evan Mobley's blocking everything yeah, anytime somebody drives to the basket. Uh, I also want to focus in here on Kyle Kuzma, averaging 13 points a game. As we talked about with my last case, he can get up to 16 or 17 points a game if he attacks more. And because he's not getting the free throw attempts right now, that's easy buckets. I mean, they call it a free throw. All you have to do is get to the basket and go over the run the above the rim, and a lot of times, more often than not, you're going to get hacked. Yeah, and the thing with Kuzma is too. You, you talked about it with uh, with House. I mean, his rebounding has been off the chart, and yeah. House really harped on it too. No one knew Kuzma was a defender. Everyone looked at him as the light skinned pretty boy who shoots jumpers. Dude's a tough ass. Yeah, he defends. He rebounds. You said he's only averaging 13 right now. Definitely see an uptick in his scoring because he's not even shooting the ball particularly well. Yeah, and one of the, my, like, when Nobody I watch is. him, what I really like is that you can see he's the kind of guy that has tricks up his sleeve. He has moves in his bag, in his arsenal. He's got step-back jumpers. He can drive hard, two dribbles left, and go behind the back on you. He can spin on you. He's got. It's like he's the kind of guy that you can see in the offseason season. Is working on his one-on-one moves, and it, and that's what makes him so good because he can hit the open three-point shot. All right, he can create his own shot. That this is part of when Washington struggles when they lose. You look around the team and you say, "There's not that many guys that create their own shot that well." You know what I mean, Leno? And so they, they definitely lack that, yeah. right? And so I think that's what Kuzma brings uh, with Spencer Dinwadi. <laughs> I love when you. It's call a good that. bit. He is still trying to figure out the best way to score in this offense, and I think it's big. I really think he's struggling with the fact that he finally gets going, plays a few games, gets some momentum, and he sits out the second night of a back-to-back. And uh, I think we did that with John Wall a few years ago, uh, but that's a, it's a tough thing, and it hurts your confidence uh, when you don't have that repetition of game in, game out, night in, night out. You know you're in the game. Uh, you know that you're the starting point guard for this team, and I think. He's going to figure that out more as this season gets going. I, I really do. And so I think that this Washington team here, I keep saying they have to take it at 10 games at a time, but I think they can get going and it's, hey, we, we're 5-5 five and five this 10 games. Then we're 6-4 and four the next. We just have to avoid the 3-7, and 4-6 and six, uh, stretches of games. Let's go to the phone lines here. We got Gus in Virginia. What up, Gus? Hey, Wad. Thanks for taking uh, time to talk about the Wizards with the Redskins game coming up because I'm, I'm a WFT fan, but I love the Wizards too. Thanks, um, man. You know, it's all going to be up in the air because uh, we still got to fit in Rui and Bryant when they come back um, yeah. from injury. And, you know, I love Montrez. He's like a mini Shaq. He's like <laughs> an offensive Ben Wallace is what he reminds me of. Yeah, that's but a good point, yeah. The thing is with Montrez is he's, He's like he's such a personality. He's like the identity of the team, but I'm not sure if I like the identity of the team being a six man who's only on a one year contract. He might play himself out of a contract next year with the Wizards because he's doing so well right now. Yeah, that's a so good point. I think it's up to like we need Brian to come back and see if that you know that Montez energy rubs off on Brian because you know Brian was a high energy guy too. Just he didn't have that toughness down low. Yeah, um, I so agree with I, I think, I think that we can try to get Thomas Bryant some time at the four. You know what I mean? And and play big. Play as a bigger lineup. I agree, too. And then um, 
Kuzma, man, one underrated thing about Kuzma is I know we all want him to drive and be more of a creator because he has a talent. He has some amazing passes. I've seen when he uh, dishes it down low to Gafford and yeah. to uh, Montrez. <clears throat> but I think he defers too much because I, I think he was traumatized by the whole LeBron experience. But he needs to know that maybe, like, a Rui comes back from injury, Kuzma's going to be relegated to the bench again if Rui starts playing him. So no, 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 really no, 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 I don't, I don't want to cut you off, uh, Gus, but no chance that happened. Kuzma's <laughs> playing too well no, to, but, to, to take him to the bench. No, but I, what I what I do want to say is that I, I think Rui's going to get himself into the lineup, not because of Kuzma, but because I don't think we're getting much from Corey Kispert. You know, I think Bertans uh, can find his way onto the bench again, and I think Rui can play the the three or the four, really. Um, so, so right now, who are they? Why am I blanking? Who they're rolling out at the three every night? Is it KCP? KC? Oh. Yeah, he may go to the bench. No, I think because he's such a d- good defender. Yeah, they, they do West love Lonzo his Jr. Defense, looks yes. at him like uh, your Tony Allen's. You know what I mean? Like your your hey, he's going to guard the opposing team's best player every single game. Let's take a quick break here and take some more phone calls. Talking Washington Wizards with Adam Epstein here on one hundred six seven The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 